0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome to That's a Rap Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. Welcome to the pod. Who else do I got with me, guys?
0: Well, you have me, Dre. Uh, not one of the CJs or the PJs, but we also have the PJ, right? Hi,
2: what's up, guys? We got Jay Lung over here. Uh, thanks again for joining us for That's A Wrap. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at That's A Rap Pod. Leave us questions, leave us reviews, leave us anything. It's really nice to talk to all you like Raptor fanatics, man. But we have so much to talk about today. Jay, where should we
1: start, man? Oh man, we've got so much. Um why don't we start off with where we've come from? And that's a four-game road trip. So the Raptors have just come back from their second of three four-game road trips on the season and that's the longest road trip that we're going to be enduring all year. So that's that's kind of good that A that it's only four games and B that we're already over with two of them. Um as we all know by now, it started off with a an overtime loss in Boston. Um, and you guys want to talk about that? Because, uh, that one left me feeling, I don't know, yeah, that, not great things. But
2: see, that's, this is the thing though. We, we lost, yes, but we also had a half of our start or half of our team basically either injured or fouled out. So they had to have like a career, amazing game by Kyrie Irving in order to sneak out a win in overtime. I don't really feel that bad. I mean, I needed a shower after, but I don't feel that bad.
0: That's, that's what I feel. <laughs>
1: But what about you Dre?
0: Unfortunately, I missed that game. I was in Kitchener, um, uh, at at a concert, and I remember just like, man, I had a great concert. I'm gonna load up my data quickly, put these on the internet. Oh, my Raptors app went off, son of a gun! And I just got so mad, I was like, we lost by like two points or something. And I was like, God damn it! In overtime, really, really? So I didn't quite see the game, but I tried to look at the aftermath, and I and it looked like. It just it just looked like a really competitive game where maybe if we had a few extra pieces uh, on our chessboard, maybe we we could have uh, wangled something out. But I mean, we've beat them once; they beat us once. We have what two more games against Baltimore? Yeah, Yeah, we do. I think everybody yep. yeah, so, you play everybody
2: you in go. your division at least four times, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, two holes. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even after that loss, we went straight to a back-to-back versus the god-awful Bulls, and we basically played our <laughs> D-League uh, versus the Bulls, and we, we demolished them. But, I mean, granted, they also didn't have Zach Levine. I feel like we would have beat them anyways. Uh, and then they yeah. went on to another back-to-back, and that was a tight one versus the Magic. It was good to see Terrence Ross... Um, uh, he didn't. He didn't really put up too many numbers, but it was good to see him play. It is good to see him play well for the Magic, but that was kind mm-hmm. of a, uh, you know, got my heart racing a little bit because it was at the buzzer beater with some green light from Danny Green Magic, and then finally we got the Hawks, and we have a lot to talk about that game too. But um, yeah, I mean, with that four game win streak, good, bad, mediocre.
0: What do you guys mm-hmm. think? A little bit of everything, because when you talk about that Orlando Magic game, I thought we were going to have a repeat of what was happening with the Bulls. Now, granted, the Magic are a much better team. I'd say that they're possibly playoff worthy, maybe like eighth seed, seventh seed. I don't know if they'll go much higher than that. But I think, you know, they, they, they have some somewhat of a shot there. They're a decent team. And then it just got a little too tight. As you said, we had the... Danny Green uh, getting it off before the red just barely and great clutch shot which obviously uh, he and Kawhi learned from the Popovich school so that's something that's definitely great it's great to have clutch players because we need to close our games so and I love um, that shot I love that picture with uh,
2: uh, Kawhi Leonard already pointing to the sky knowing that it was going to go in when Danny shot that you guys see that on Twitter yeah, the second
1: yeah. The second that ball got inbounded, um, yeah, the second Green even had the ball in his hands. He wasn't even rising up yet. Uh, Leonard had his hands in the air. He knew. He knew, he knew it. it. I'm, gonna, and,
2: I'm changing that, our our cover photo on Twitter for that. It's gonna be. That's great. great. That's that
0: great. great. Yeah, go for well,
1: speaking speaking of Twitter, I mean, we 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 tweeted this out right. That uh, it's kind of funny how it's Danny Green of all people to hit that buzzer beater, and just uh, earlier in that week his ex teammate or sorry his ex spur teammate Kawhi Leonard had the ball in his hands in the dying seconds of a tie game mm-hmm. against both the Pistons and the Celtics and both times did not come through and then that's not any indictment on on Kawhi I mean these these things happen right uh, in clutch situations it, it goes in or it doesn't um, but it was great to see a that Green was able to make it, but B that you know Kawhi is there supporting his his guy, right? So you know we joked around on Twitter that maybe we've been drawing up the the clutch plays for the wrong expert
2: <laughs> maybe. maybe, I mean, he, Green did say that he didn't think that he was going to get that ball, right? But I think I think it was Kyle who was inbounding, I believe. Yes, it because, was. Yeah. because they wanted to see if they can do some screen action to get Kyle the ball after. But I saw that that you can't give up that. Shot. I mean, Danny Green from the corner, regardless if it's a three or a two, he's gonna make that shot, and he knows it too. And obviously, Kawhi knew it. And yeah, I'm glad he got that game winner. It, not that he was struggling; it just it kind of cemented the fact that we didn't just get Kawhi. We also got an amazing player like Danny Green, who is clutch as well. I mean, yeah, he, I
0: guess. Yeah, go ahead, Andres. I was just, I was just gonna say I guess you could say he works well at at the spur of a moment. A- oh, well played, sir.
1: Oh, well played, and and you know what the 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 way that that play was was drawn up as well. Um, you know, I was reading. Uh, I believe it was Blake Murphy was talking about the the play itself, or maybe it was Eric Green, but anyways. Um, so the the play was drawn up where where Green was one of the options, but they assumed that he would not get the ball. Um There was another some screen action happening at the top of the key where Ibaka was going to free up Kawhi, so Kawhi would have had an open three. Or at least a long mid range shot, which again, we, we had already seen against the Celtics and against the Pistons, and that didn't quite work out. And that's not to say that it wouldn't work out this time as well. Um, but it just kind of, it, it, the way it played out obviously worked out well for the Raptors in terms of, okay, Green got into a very uh, comfortable spot, right? He was just, I believe it was right on the edge of the paint, got close enough that he can get his, his hierarchy shot off. And on top of that, too, um, Orlando probably made or probably a little bit surprised about how the draw, the play was drawn up because it was Kyle inbounding the ball. Ideally you'd want someone like Kyle receiving it and taking the shot because he's deadly from anywhere, right? No matter the range. So having one of your better shooters inbounding the ball and also the fact that Kyle is short the magic missed the opportunity to put someone a lot bigger to block his view to, you know, have wider uh wingspan and 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 kind of disrupt the pass so the magic kind of missed out on that but that's again a credit to Nick Nurse and how he drew up the play he made sure that uh whether it was inbounding the ball or who received the ball or other action that was happening that the Raptors were going to get a good look and and it turned out really well I'm actually
2: kind of surprised that you don't see that more often when you see a point guard uh inbounding the ball I I understand that Traditionally, you know, point guards are going to be shorter and you can just put a big man to kind of screen their vision. But think about it. I mean, the point guard is most likely the one who can see the court much better than anybody else, can know where the play is going, and and it's very um, knowledgeable when it comes to the the five-second rule too. Um, we've seen time and time again uh, us – us going or do having a turnover because of a five second rule, I, I would trust Kyle to make the right pass at the right moment at the right time, regardless if there's anybody in front of them i just I, it's it's funny now that I think about it that I don't see that more often when i when a point guard is actually the one who's passing the ball. What do you guys think No,
1: oh, I like it I like the the idea of it um and I'm sure that uh the opponent is not expecting that either, right? They're expecting, like, if, if it were me, I would have put Siakam out there passing the ball. He's long, he's tall, he's got amazing court vision, and, um, yeah, I mean, he, he fits everything that you would want out of someone who didn't run the ball. So, again, it's it it threw them off a little bit because then they couldn't adjust, right, in terms of who's guarding whom. Like, they just kind of kept their assignments as is where, you know, if they, they kind of knew beforehand that Larry was the one throwing the ball, I have a feeling they would have you know, thrown someone like Mo Bamba out there to, to, to defend the pass. Oh, man, yeah,
2: that would have that sucked.
1: <laughs> but it's great. I mean, like, we, we ended off that, that game you know, very well, and it led to that back-to-back against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, what do we think about that game?
0: <laughs> well, the Atlanta Hawks was um, one of those games, but for another reason, Wasn't just one of those games because we're you know, we faced Terrence Ross in Orlando, that's a former Raptor, obviously part of our alumni. But one of the biggest names that we ever had in our little college we know as the Toronto Raptors, uh Institute of Basketball, perhaps uh a Sir Vince Carter, who is currently the oldest player, it's no secret, the oldest player in the league right now, 41 years old. He's doing well, but maybe he's not done as well as he ever has currently because what milestone did he re- just reach 25k only like the 20th or something person to be able to 20 pull seconds. off. like yeah yep there's 20 not seconds not a lot of people in that in that elite class and the fact that he's not in his prime he's pulling this off with what point one second to go almost like barely any time with a dunk Vince Carter style And, you know, at a time where the the Hawks were being blown out in front of the Raptors, very appropriate. So, you know what? It didn't matter. This wasn't a competition anymore. They knew they were getting smoked. This second right there was a perfect for him to be hugged by his former family, the Raptors, showered in and cheers and, and congratulations because it wasn't about the, Haw- the Hawks trying to come back. This was his yeah. moment and I thought it was perfect.
1: And you know what the great thing too is that uh, it was blatantly obvious uh, at the end of the game that, that Carter wanted to get his 25,000th point against the Raptors. Um, he had um, he entered the game needing 13 points to get to that mark uh, and uh, I believe at, within the first three quarters he had seven. So again, he only needed six points. Um, he entered the game with two minutes left and between the time that he entered the game with two minutes left until the end of the game, the Hawks had seven offensive possessions. Do you know how many of those offensive possessions Carter shot the ball? All seven. Six of know.
0: those, six of those. <laughs> <seven>. well, <laughs> he really wanted to,
2: uh, <laughs> see, I gotta, I gotta say something about, about this. Cause I've, I've heard and saw a lot of stuff on Twitter about, um, it wasn't very authentic and why did VC, uh, or why did, I guess, the Atlanta Hawks let, um, you know, Vince Carter hand over the ball all the time and try to get that record and everything? Like, it just, it's just it wasn't very authentic. But in, in our case, we all grew up as VC fans, right? And we're, mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe in the later stages, um, we, we saw the ugly trade that went down that kind of set us back like 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, I think we underestimate how important that is for him, too. Like, the Raptors were the team that drafted him. And I don't think, as fans, when we look at the ugly, we don't see the good uh, most of the time. We only remember what, uh, you know, him as a quitter or, you know, him wanting to leave a team, not wanting to dunk. And, you know, conversely, he actually finished the 25K with a dunk. I'm for Carter... Um, going after this record against his, the team that drafted him, because i I can understand uh as a fan how important uh the raptors are to him like th- that was the team that gave him a chance that was the team that traded for him in at draft day that was the team that yes. gave him the franchise and and it's i we underestimate how important these these records and these moments are for him. I mean, you remember when he he dunked that ball, he was holding that. And you, you want to know what he's thinking about. He's kind of like going through his life as an NBA player at that moment. And then to think about where he first started, I was looking back at the first uh, points that he ever had. It was a fadeaway jump shot a la, you know, Kobe Bryant, a la Michael Jordan and, it's, mm-hmm. it's just it's magical. These moments are really are magical. And so go for it, man. Like whatever means necessary, if you if you want to get that milestone over the team that you know, has meant so much to you, you go for it. I'm, I'm not gonna go against, hey, uh, you shouldn't have done that or or you know the Raptors shouldn't have let you do that. Like no, uh, y- things like this, it doesn't happen very often, you know And I'm also looking at this stat by a uh, uh, one Josh Eberle on, on on Twitter. The yeah. Raptors, um, he he posted the most points as a raptor. He posted nine thousand four hundred and twenty points as a raptor, and um, that might not be the most successful. Well, he did go to I guess uh, Eastern Conference Final uh, with with the Raptors, but the second most would be the Nets uh, with uh, eight thousand eight hundred and thirty four points, and then it could dwindles down with the Magic and the Suns and the Mavericks. Uh, actually, Andreas he might like this. Though so on the Mavericks, he he scored third most uh, in his career. With 2,670, but I mean, this is this is now a journeyman, and he, and he's the oldest player in the NBA. He knows his time is dwindling. He's just enjoying it, and he's trying to get every milestone. I don't think he can reach uh, Jerry West because Jerry West is still 191 points above him. But I mean, like VC, go for it. You did all this for our franchise, and if you want to get it against us, by all means, man, I'll, I'll, we'll be in the record books with you, you know? That's that's how I feel. Yeah, I that's mean, my two cents with this.
0: I mean, I, I agree because if he was just on the Raptors or if he just stayed with the Nets after the Raptors, you know, he'd be like the franchise player. Like you look at somebody like Kevin Garnett, who was on the Timberwolves for so long, went to the Celtics, won a championship, stayed with them for a number of years, and even had a brief stint in, in Brooklyn came back as a timberwolf and left. You can consider him authentically a Celtic and a timberwolf and arguably a net as well to some extent. You look at Carter and you can see him as a net and a raptor, but most likely a raptor because that's when he was like at his his highest peak of showmanship, you know, the winning the dunk competition, bringing a franchise to the playoffs for the first time ever. All sorts of stuff stuff and yes he's been on so many teams the Mavericks the Magic Suns, uh, Kings, the Kings hearts, yes the Suns at this point he's clearly because I don't know if he's going to ever come back to Toronto at this point he's clearly not representing dynasty goals like this he's reaching personal milestones so why so- not do that in a game where you're being whipped completely against the team as you said helped shape who you are and you helped shape us. It's not even just about what we did for him. It's what he did for us too. I think it's very important. It's like you're not gonna win the game. Why waste this opportunity? So I think people are just being really bitter because, you know, we have a lot of people who like Westbrook who get stats and you could see them a stat padding, whether people believe in that or not, it it turns a lot of people off and it's like, well, I don't like the way this guy plays because they're just allowing him to get rebounds or whatever and if they're calling the stat padding or whatever just so he can reach that milestone it's like yes this is about making moments like what about when kobe bryant uh was dared by shaq to score 50 in his final and he scored 60 like that's stat padding and it's like it's not though because at the end of the day it's not only about winning the champ this is what they love to do and look at these milestones that they're reaching and it's like why not seal the deal appropriately why be short five points and then reach the milestone and get some scrimmage with the Suns or something. I don't know. Like, why not do it with your original family? You, know? uh, I,
1: you guys raised a lot of good points in there. And I think that, you know, the, the as as he reaches the twilight of his career, um, you know, when, when, when you look at other guys at, at his age and his mileage, usually at this stage, they're chasing a ring. They're, they're taking a veteran's minimum. They're just sitting at the end of the bench. They're not even contributing, really. They just want to sit there at the end of the bench and get a ring. And that feels a little dirty. You know, dirty in terms of, like, I didn't really earn it. And here is the antithesis of that, right? Vince Carter, look at his last four teams. The Hawks, the Kings, the Grizzlies, and the Mavs, and even the Suns. I mean, he wasn't chasing a ring with any of them. And he easily could have. He could have just signed a, a veteran's minimum to join the Warriors or something mm-hmm. and get that ring. But that's not what he's about. He, You can tell that he genuinely, uh, A, loves the game, and B, he genuinely just wants to be out there and play and contribute. And we've seen that in terms of how his game has changed, right? He's not, he knows that he, he's not going to be the focal point. He's not going to be a starter. He's mm-hmm. not going to be... Uh, that spark off the bench, or even the guy that you know sparks the crowd up with amazing dunks. He's adjusted his game to the way the NBA's played now. Now he'll play hard nosed d. Now he will you know hit the occasional three. He'll give you whatever you need, and he doesn't even care where he does it. So I mean, kudos to him for reaching this amazing milestone. and you know if 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 I were him, I totally would have done the same. I mean, just go for it, especially against. A team that uh, you know, you've had the, the brightest spots in your career. So kudos to him. And uh, I hope he does not end up on a shitty situation like the Wizards. Speaking who, of city
0: situations
1: <laughs> like keep doing you, please don't, you know, end up in some bad situation like Washington because that place is just falling apart, man. Speaking of Washington,
2: Speaking of apart, <laughs> you yeah. guys, you guys want to spill some tea? I think,
1: oh, I, think I think
2: we're, we're chatting. I think that was cute. All right, let's go for it. <sighs> All
1: right, boys. Where should we begin? So
0: much to talk about.
1: All right, we we've got a lot to talk about with the Wizards, but we're actually going to save that because that's just that's going to be a, the Wizards are a section on their own. There is another surprisingly dysfunctional team right now, and it's the Golden State Warriors. Guys, what we we totally dropped the ball and missed out on talking about this last week, but thankfully the NBA is the gift that keeps on giving and the Warriors continue to be in the news. So, what do you guys have to say about what's going down in in, in Golden State right now? When
2: when is uh, Boogie coming back to save them? That's what I'm wondering. Jesus, let me. He's like the most confrontational person of all. I think it's going to get worse when he gets there. Right? (laughs) I think what this shows is how important. Uh, MVP not like MVP shouldn't even, isn't even the category. It's how important Stephen Curry is to this team. He yes. even him sitting on the bench is going to make the team happier. It just plays so much better, and the camaraderie is 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 there. And even when he's not playing, when he's playing, the Warriors are a completely different team, right? When he's not, what are they? What right now they're on a four game losing streak, and you know what? Right now, I would put my money on the Trailblazers to win versus them tomorrow. I, 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 yeah, whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. It's it like I would put my money on that. I'm, I'm serious. like this this the team isn't looking that great. I mean, do you have I don't know what is is Curry coming back tomorrow?
0: I have no idea. Like, well, either way, we have recorded evidence that you said that. So, hey man, uh, <laughs> <have> <laughs> <the animals>? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: true. I-, I mean, I'm just saying, like, this team, this almighty warrior team. I I know it's just a four game losing streak. I know it's. I know it's early in the season, and like, once Stephen Curry comes back, it's it's going to be a different story. But like, this team is vulnerable, and you see it. And with that, uh whole kd and uh, draymond scuffle like it it it's crazy to, to see I mean he, there's some profanity thrown there I'm surprised if there wasn't any punches thrown there but you know every family fights we we understand that but I mean the things that apparently draymond did say it's it's pretty
0: I wouldn't say hurtful but like that's throwing stones in a glass house right there well I think a couple of things are happening first off this isn't the first time that kd and Draymond on a butt heads like at least a year or two ago you know they've had some sort of an internal conflict but the difference is um this leads to the second point Stephen curry wasn't injured so this is progressing on this obvious minor conflict that they have in it and it's working as a catalyst to to grow it because what's happening now is uh, a couple of additional things so there's a good thing about being an almost four-time championship team three out of four years in the final uh championship you win a lot of rings and your your legacy is, is cemented but the league tries its damn best to try and dismantle the system and that's basically what's happening so when you have major components not working like steph curry who obviously is not an underrated player but his impact on affecting the entire Warriors team and not just being an amazing shooter or, or passer or anything is very undermined, I think. Um, Cause I mean, look at what's happening now. So when you have these gaping flaws, this league, not just a couple of teams, the entire league trying to become the Warriors or become better than the Warriors is going to destroy you. And as good as KD is, they've got to figure out a way to fill these gaping holes because what makes the warrior so good, and the League has learned this, is that they expand the field of play, how far out you can go. And with more space and more um, strategy means that when something's missing, it's a bigger hole. So that's clearly what's happening here, and they've got to figure it out.
1: There's a lot of things that you guys said that I want to expand on, but before yes. I, I jump in, I just have one quick question for you, Jay. Um, when you said that Golden State, you'd even pick Portland over Golden State. Were you referring to <laughs> Um, you know, if they were to meet in the playoffs, or are you talking about because they are actually playing each other on Friday, which is when this pod will come out? Is that what you That's mean? That's what I
2: meant. I'm not gonna go as uh, far as them okay, going okay, to okay. meet okay. the Western <laughs> Conference. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I mean, but don't forget uh, okay. Portland chokes. yeah, I mean, part of the, like they right now they're looking to play the New Orleans Pelicans again, one versus eight, but. Hey. Before before we go anything crazy, no, I don't think that Warriors are going to lose in the Western Conference. They are final contenders, of course. Um, they're going to lose to the Raptors. But I
1: think... <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking about Friday's game. Yeah,
2: I was just talking about Friday's game. I think the Blazers, uh, and, and because the Blazers are hot right now, I'm pretty sure they're first in the West. They're in conference right now, yes, too. right? Are. So yes, they you're, you got a team that's hungry. Uh, it was first, and then you got another team that's uh, I guess, hungry in a different way. So that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say.
1: All right. Thanks for clarifying. Right. Okay. So uh, going back to the Warriors. Okay. So uh, among the, the, the many things that have happened uh, amidst the team, I think the part that really stuck out to me is that, you know, Draymond is the type who's, bit, who's very confrontational. He, he never holds back what he wants to say. He has had fights with teammates before. But this one felt different because it led to him being suspended. Now, there's, I don't know if anyone's ever actually, have they actually confirmed what he said? Or do do we, are we just assuming that he said something along the lines of like, you know, he's saying to Katie, you know, we, we won championships without you. We don't really need you. Like if it was something along those lines, which is what I've kind of read and heard,
2: Yeah, something's that effect, right? Draymond didn't outwardly say that like to the forest, Yeah, that's what I said. But I mean, reports are reports, right?
1: Right, right, right. So I mean, it's it's just different because you know there was suspension and a fine involved. But here's my conspiracy theory. Uh, actually, it's not mine. I read it uh, on Twitter, and, and I'm totally going to back it up here. The the confrontation between Dre and KD typically would not lead to a suspension. However, because KD is a free agent at the end of the year, the Warriors want yeah. to look like at least appear to him that they are siding with him. So be on his good side. And again, this is just November, right? Who cares if Draymond misses a game and pays a couple of bucks? So part one is suspend Draymond for one game. Fine. Part two, now this this is the sneaky part, is make sure that, especially with Steph Curry out right now, make sure that Dre sits out a couple more games. Make up some sort of injury general soreness, my knee, my back, whatever. Now you have a situation where KD is basically playing without any other superstars. Sorry, Clay. So now he kind of gets to see what life is like without Steph and without Dre. And look at these totals. Three of their last four games, they have scored less than 96 points. Now that is not the Golden State Warriors, that any of us know. So that's what I think is happening here. It's not just, it's more like, it's, it's almost like the Warriors are playing, they're doing the rope-a-dope on the league, you know, making it yeah. look like A, that there's turmoil, and B, that they suck. But once Steph gets back, and once Drake, you know, starts trying, um, the, the league is still in, in big trouble.
0: Yeah, I've heard that theory as well. I heard it on Inside the NBA, actually. I think Sir Charles is the person who, who brought it up. But I don't think they're they're far off because it's obviously a delicate situation where once KD is gone, yes, I, uh, everybody's quick. This is the one thing about sports that kind of grinds my gears, if, if I may be honest. When somebody says, yes, they won a championship without KD. While that is true, they're different as players. The league is different. The circumstances are all different. Different. like it's it's not like it's going to happen the exact same way again so if KD Lee or Clay Thompson has a big chance of leaving right like it's not just him in this current situation it is him that's heavily being talked about but he's not the only one that might be off you know this is a team that could easily break up like what you would see with um the Shaq Kobe era of the Lakers i i don't know i think there's a big chance that that would happen if KD decides not to not to sign up again and even if if nobody else leaves, again the league has been trying to shape around the Warriors for four years now, mm-hmm. five years actually. It's not the same league. They're not they're not gonna make it that far the exact same way again. It's not it's just not gonna happen. Because let's think about it. The second year of their reign, which they watched the championship, of course, they set a league record for wins. They're not setting that record. Last year, which they still won the championship, they were, what, second or third in in the West? Clearly, the league's catching on. So, you know, if if that's how Draymond feels or whatever, sure, whatever. But they're in a precarious situation where I think this might be the last year, regardless of what happens, where we're going to see our token Warriors. Because either the league's going to catch up and they're not going to be quite the same anymore, or they're going to dismantle.
1: Yeah. After this season, Clay is an unrestricted free agent.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Kevin Durant is the player option, but it's widely regarded that he's not going to pick that up because he's going to want more money. Mm -hmm. Um, Draymond is still on contract even next season. Um, So after this season, he would be an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, there's a lot here, right? And the fact that... um, I don't even know if Jay was joking when he said, when does Bo- Boogie come back? Because like, that's, that's a question that you, you wouldn't even think to ask before the season. Like, Who cares whether or not Boogie plays? Like, This team should dominate the league regardless. But now they're at that stage where it's like, okay, things are falling apart. Uh, I wouldn't mind if Boogie played a few games here now, right? Like, it's
0: it's really not looking good. Biggie, really, that's what it is. That's, that's really what it is. That really is what it is. Speaking of um, LeBron James alumni, uh, J.R. Smith, what's happening there? He has, oh. uh, op-
2: or I guess, agreed with the Cavaliers to part ways with the team so they can work out trade options. Um, that's that's some news. And, and there was, I guess, some articles that came out about how LeBron kind of said, you know, once Kyrie left, it was kind of a writing on the wall. Like, um, you have... Two of your prime superstars leaving the Cavaliers, and now Cavaliers are dead last. And we're not even talking about, you know, 13th <laughs> place or in the East. Or they're tanking. They are full-on tanking. And so JR Smith doesn't want any part of that. I mean, even if they do tank and get either Zion Williams or you know, R.J. Barrett, like they're still going to be pretty terrible for the next two or three years. And JR wants out. I don't, I don't blame him for it. I, I'm just wondering who's going to want to pick him up. My guess, I want to say probably Houston because of the
0: Carmelo situation. What do you guys think? Well, either way, uh, whatever decision he makes, he better um, try not to run out the clock this time. What do you think, Trey? <laughs> oh, man.
1: Uh, so th- just to add a little bit more context to the situation in Cleveland, I mean, it's one thing. It's becoming more of a trend now. Um, that you know the players are trying to take ownership of their own situation, right? J.R. Smith asking to get traded all of a sudden is not as big of a news as it would have been maybe a couple of years ago. We're seeing it a lot more now. But the situation in Cleveland is really ugly. So apparently, uh, Joe Varden of, of The Athletic was reporting that a lot of the players after LeBron left, a lot of the players were told, listen, we're not going to tank this year. You know, we are going to... Um, have a good mix of our veterans and our rookies, or sorry, our young guys, and we're going to make this work. And we mm-hmm. still have a very solid team. We still have Kevin Love. Like we're very solid. So, a lot of the veterans, um, and speci- speaking specifically of Kevin Love and Kyle Korver, Cor- was even told that uh, he'd still be a a big part of this. Oh, sorry, not not Korver. What did I think about Korver? Yeah, it was Korver. Um, would be a big part of this, and so a lot of these guys didn't even sign like contract extensions because they knew they were told that this was going to be a a hardworking and competing team. Almost immediately after the season started, they they flipped the script, you know, started benching some of the veterans so that the rookies could get some good playing time, and it's it's ugly because it doesn't look good on ownership that they're telling the players one thing and doing something else. Um, JR Smith asking to get traded is probably just uh, probably not the first domino. I guess LeBron was the first domino, but I mean him asking JR asking for a trade is going to lead to a lot more, uh, I guess, ugliness surrounding this this team. I mean, I I'm beginning to question whether or not Kevin Love will will, will probably follow suit. So yeah. uh, going back to your original point, um, Jay, is that one other team i would think about for for smith is the philadelphia 76ers. Ooh, really? Uh, uh, i i say this because i believe they have the cap space. they should have the cap space and they need shooters. they are i've i've said this, you know, in previous episodes, but that you know, in, in terms of the butler trade not really being perfect for them. But since since Dre won that that Jay versus Dre argument, I'm going to side with him here and say <laughs> that yeah, Philly's almost there. Like they're they're good. They've they've shown some good signs over the last couple of games, and someone like a JR Smith to help with their shooting should you know kind of vault them into that next tier. So yeah, yeah, I could see them going there.
2: Next year he's also signed for guaranteed. Uh, no, not guaranteed, but for 15.6 mil. Um, Ouch. It, yeah, I, I guess that hurts a little bit. It hurts a little I, I'm trying to figure out who's going to want to take him. And I think Philadelphia is probably the one that one most needs uh, another scorer besides uh, Jamia and and Embiid, but also just mm-hmm. to maybe more veteran leadership. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say the same it's thing. It's a little yeah. weird to think that J.R. Smith is is uh, for that veteran leadership because <laughs> we, I, I don't know. J.R. Smith, I just remember his time in Denver. Like he's. He was yeah. a tire fire all the time. But besides Kevin Love, Jr. and maybe Korver and Tristan Thompson, those guys are the lead leaders of or the, the team leaders for the Cavaliers. So it's, yeah, I agree with you, Jay. I'm pretty sure once Jr. is gone and I think Korver might be the one who, who's going to go next. And Kev, if, if they don't have Kevin Love, they're in they're the bottom of the barrel. That's, that's it. There's, there's no pretending of you're not tanking. You are tanking.
0: Speaking of um, a dissolving of teams, it might be a little bit more um, understandable that a, a LeBron lacking Cavaliers is in this position. Not, We didn't think they'd be quite this bad. We thought maybe not making the playoffs or not, they're not making their beds at this point. We have a team that we didn't think were going to be quite this bad. They were previously second last in the league. They're doing a little bit better, but the friction is real, and we predicted it. The Washington Wizards are endangered. What is happening there? Let's let's just break down
2: the, the wizards the Like this team cavaliers might have might have lost their king, but this wizards team is so bad and they they're so screwed for for their future. Uh Jay, can you give me some some salary stats for me?
1: Oh I got I got lost to say. Okay, okay before I jump into salaries actually okay. um, Let's just do a quick, quick, quick rundown on what's happened and why we're talking about the Wizards. So in no particular order, uh, Wall and Beal have called out their teammates. Uh, Austin Rivers says people are laughing at the Wizards. After one of the games, they asked him, you know, what's the record? He's like, I don't even know what the record is. We're playing like shit. Kelly Oubre has swore, at, has cursed at head coach. What a surprise. So Brooks. Then there's also Bradley Beale and Austin Rivers getting into it. There's also John Wall and uh, Jeff Green having a verbal altercation during practice. John Wall has also hurled some expletives over at Brooks. Uh, and I think at their last practice, uh, Bradley Beale yelled over at, uh, at the general manager, Ernie Grunfeld, like, mm-hmm. I've been going through this for seven years now, or something to that effect. So it is dysfunction on top of dysfunction. I mean, if, if you were to predict before the season which two teams would have been the most likely to uh, hit rock bottom, uh, it would have been Washington and Portland. And it's funny how they've gone in the exact opposite directions. I mean, Wizards are 6-11 and 11 and not playing cohesively. Their biggest off-season uh, Acquisition was Dwight Howard, and he's barely played for them. Yeah, he's he's literally a pain in the butt. So
0: <laughs> anybody can tell you that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true, right? Um, and meanwhile, I mean, we we briefly touched on this earlier about the Blazers being amazing. So, like, they're you know sitting number one in the West. So, I mean, to- totally different directions for these two teams. The Wizards are absolutely a mess. Um, so, I guess the, the 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 conversation now is you know now with rumors going around that basically the entire team is on the trading block. Um, what do you guys think? Is it time to tear them down or yep. do they work it out? Time to tear it down. I say they stick together.
2: You know, uh, you know well. what
1: this means? Jay Dre. All
2: right, Dre. So you say tear it down. Jay, you say keep it together. Dre, give me your thoughts.
0: Okay, so what's happening here is we have a Wizards team that have tried to cling on to three specific players, mainly Wall and Beal, and shoved a good load of money towards their general direction. Now, obviously, they have thought that these two key elements were perhaps what was holding the team together Whatever players he based around them would be great. Dwight Howard is a veteran, obviously. Looking at his Magic days, he's a bit of a joke now. But even last year with the Hornets, he was showing signs of almost a renaissance, but not quite, but doing all right. He's not exactly the worst player, but he's a little bit of a joke. I'm going to be a little controversial and say, you know, he's not, you know who they're missing? They're missing Gortat who is a very clumsy, weird, silly-ass player, but he did the job, and he did it efficiently. And because they're trying to base all of their players around Beal and and Wall, they're forgetting a lot of their cohesive units, and as a result, this is the kind of thing that's happening, where when these players get frustrated, because let's not forget, these are very visceral players, the entire franchise is, this is why there's a big uh, disparaging rivalry between, I the Raptors and this and team, you know, back to the Paul Pierce days when they would shit talk about us and it just became very normal for them to do so, even though we, you know, whipped them in the playoffs. We, we know that they're a very visceral team and they're not handling this very well. You either get a win out of anger like the other day or you get a team that's falling apart. So I break up the team. If you have to hang on to one key element, hang on to John Wall. But get rid of the rest and maybe build around one person. Building around the two two players instead of just the one. In the Wizards' case, it looks like they're not doing it right. So just do it entirely. Do it around Wall. Get some great players with the amount of money you're you're sending towards. Be you could pull it off. But I I think you should break it up.
1: I think they have to stay together. And I know that that's a boring answer considering how much movement there's been around in the league and how really toxic it is in that environment but the main reason why they should keep it together is because they can't afford to break it up so here is their salary situation next season the salary cap is 109 million dollars keep that number in mind 109 the if you look at their top four salaries next year that's Otto porter bradley beale john wall and for some reason ian mahinmi they yeah. combine next year to make $107.6 million. So, in other words, four players, four players are basically their salary cap. So, the point I'm trying to make is you can't trade those guys. <laughs> Nobody wants those salaries. Uh, the most, I guess, tradable person would be uh, Bradley Beal, mm. who is quote unquote. Only making 27 million uh, in each of the next three seasons. So he's making 25 this season, 27 next season, and 28.7 the following season. So his is actually the "quote unquote" cheap deal, and he's more valuable than Otto Porter, who is making approximately the exact same amount of money, which is crazy to think. Um, And then we go over to so you think to yourself, okay, well Beal is more tradable than than Porter, because Porter's just not as good as him. So Porter, by default, then, is not tradable because he's you're paying $27 million for him over the next two seasons, and he's just not that great. Maybe he is, but maybe not as good as Bill. Mm, if you look sure. at John Wall's contract, now there is a fun one. Next season, uh, actually, let me just read off the next four years. $37.8 million, $40.8 million, $43.9 million, and $46.9 million. I can't think of a single team that would want that on their team. Nobody's giving up anything for John Wall. So what I'm trying to say is they are stuck. If they wanted to trade, Bill Be- is their most valuable trade asset. But since his contract is approximately $10 million a year cheaper than John Wall, if I'm the Wizards, that's the one guy I actually want to keep. So they are stuck with this roster. It's not that I'm saying that you know, I, I would actually side with you in terms of, yeah, they should break it up. But what I'm saying is they can't. They are stuck with these guys. And it is going to be beautiful to watch this team burn <laughs> all season long.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. I'm sorry, Andrea. I got to give, I got to close that streak. I got to give this one to Jay. <laughs>
0: no, like I, I was going to, like what I was literally going to say was because. I don't want to be a wuss and throw in the towel. Can you just announce the winner? The winner on this, (laughs) on Jay
2: versus Dre, is Jay, okay? And obviously, you know the reasons why. Yes, I 100% agree. Not only do or should... The Washington Wizards break it up. They should have broken up a long time ago, way before oh gosh, yeah. John Wall, uh, or they allow John Wall to write that contract for over forty plus million dollars for per year, and it's gonna keep on raising each year. Like you know how disgruntled he is, you know that he he walks over all all your coaches. Why are you gonna give him the super max deal? I don't understand. You're you're basically putting your entire future in hands of a disgruntled point guard and the only person that you're going the only good trade asset you have is Bradley Beal and the thing is funny enough Bradley Beal is the one person you want to keep to keep this team afloat so yeah you guys are stuck you guys are screwed it's not always fun to keep berating a bad team but the amount of cocky players that that the Washington Wizards have it's just kind of funny yeah. and kind of fun to watch these guys you know burn I, i'm i'm sorry to say it's say
1: they watch them it's burn. like they
0: think that they're it's, these wizards think that they're slytherin or ravenclaw they're actually hufflepuff I've wow. got to say that. see that's some I harsh words man, right there i do have to say though i think you're being a little too mean on auto porter the guy's a goof but i think he's quite good i like auto porter i've got to say the
2: only person i liked on the wizards honestly was gortat it, he he was a sh- whatever he, but he
0: was such a goofball he, but he, he was, was but he was great.
2: great he was great he was uh every time it was always him versus uh jv that that matchup was always fun to watch always and
1: i i hated know. that 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 damn pick and roll yeah roll yeah roll he was a good <laughs> every... shooter he's a good
2: rebounder he's a good finish around the rim and you gave him to what well he signed with the clippers so you don't really the person that you
0: replaced him with was dwight howard Non magic Dwight Howard. It's funny oh. because they they wanted the magic Dwight Howard naturally for the Wizards, but this this wizard ain't got no magic. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: they ended up with Lakers, um, Lakers, Howard.
2: We can, yeah, guys, we can go on and on about how much we love watching. Superman
0: Z. is in the building. Oh my god! Just to rip off inside the, of the NBA, but uh, but let's speaking of uh, looking ahead. Yeah, what's our schedule?
1: Well, I mean, it's ironic because the next Raptors game is against the Wizards. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so, well, that wasn't planned.
1: Yeah, on Friday, on Friday, the the Raptors, as we mentioned, are coming back from their road and they face uh, you know, this, this extremely dysfunctional Wizards team on Friday. Uh, follow that up with a Sunday uh, home date with the Miami Heat. Um, that one, for me personally, I, I, I got to say, I wrote this in my article, is that I don't like the Heat. I, I personally don't like them. You know why? I went to one game last year, one game, and it was the game where Wayne Ellington hit the buzzer beater Ooh, against us, so oh. I'm a little bit bitter. The other reason I'm bitter about the Miami Heat is because on the last game of the season last year, we had already the Raptors had already clinched number one in the East. They had 59 wins. They were gunning for 60. They didn't need to. All that mattered was health. And what did Wayne Casey do? No, he played everyone as he as if it was. You know, they are fighting for a playoff spot or something. And what happened? Fred VanVleet hurt his shoulder. So I'm a little bit bitter. Well, it sounds like I'm bitter at Dwayne Casey. But I'm he actually bitter. That's yeah, true. But I'm taking this out of the heat. I don't like him. So I'm hoping on Sunday that we whoop their butts. So
0: They go my side, though. He's doing really well. That's what's interesting about this game,
1: right, is that the, the Raptors are in the top five in the NBA in two-point percentage – Field uh, field goal percentage. So, like, and most of that is in the paint. But the Heat are among top five defensively because of Whiteside, and yeah. he leads the league in block. So yeah. that dynamic should be very interesting to watch. Um, two more games I'm going to mention because I want to get to that second game. Um, after a day off, Tuesday they fly out to Memphis to play the very surprising Ooh. Grizzlies, who are second in the West. It's nuts. Cool, Absolutely crazy back. that they're second in the West. Conley's I know. Conley's back. Conley's back. Yeah. And Gasol, and Gasol, Gasol is, is playing like Defensive Player of the Year again. Like, this is crazy.
0: He's showing up. He disappeared last year. He's showing up again. Like, I love it. As a Grizzlies, Grizzlies fan, I love it. I'm, I'm stoked fan. For- I'd
2: be yeah, I'd be a pissed uh, off Spurs fan though because the the NBA gave out that uh, two minute last two minute play or I don't know whatever it's called oh, the, yeah yeah and yeah, they yeah. said that last um, block against I think it was Aldridge was supposed to be a foul and then yeah wow. <laughs> so I would I would be a pissed off Spurs fan but yeah no sorry Jay continue continue
1: no that's you know what the, I, and I would expand on that more but I just want to get to the next game, which yep. is a week from today, which is Thursday. We're, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday. It's a home date against defending champion Golden State Warriors.
0: Yeah, that's going to be scary. That's going to be... a sc- I know they're going through all this stuff right now. I don't know. This could be a, a harbinger, a foretelling of some sort. doesn't matter. This is exciting. with With our new lineup, this is exciting. Yeah,
2: I would rather... I want to see these two teams play... Uh, against each other healthy I would if we win and when we do win against the Warriors I would rather win against a Stephen Curry led Warriors uh, instead of a Quinn Cook so
1: yeah I it's it's very rare this season and this is a sign of how good the Raptors have been is that this is the first game all season that I'm actually nervous for and because I almost feel like and this is me getting a little negative here but it almost feels like it's a lose-lose, right? So if we were to win, it's probably because they're not 100% healthy, right? And then this is, of course, still a rating out of the assumption that, that Curry is still out by then. Um, and then if we lose, it's, oh crap, like this is the team that we are kind of built to beat and we still can't beat them without, you know, even with Curry being either out or not 100%. So I'm a little nervous about this game, uh, I'm going to admit, but... I have hopes for our guys i know we we outside of of norm powell we should have everyone there and healthy so yeah i mean i i can't wait and you know what the way the way our, our podcasts are running right now we might actually still run our next episode before that game so we might talk about this a little bit more yeah man i'm i'm excited i'm excited for that one yes sir
2: yeah man so let's hope Let's hope. Let's go. Uh, what it? Eighteen and four. I mean, best record in NBA. Let's stay that way, man. Andreas, where can we find you, brother?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Bad. So what about you?
2: You can uh, find myself uh, jloan Twenty at on Twitter. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean uh Spotify, anywhere, make sure to leave comments, reviews, especially give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us, you know, uh, reach you, Raptor Fanatics. And Jay, where can we find you and this pod on Twitter?
1: You can find this pod at and that's a rap pod. You can find me also on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh you can find my Monday articles on Raptors HQ. And this past Wednesday uh it was on the HQ roundtable where we talked about a bunch of different things and you know, one of the things we talked about is who do you see as a, you know, veteran buyout guy. And I happen to mention our man, Vince Carter. So, you know, check it out. Uh, I was also a guest on Locked On Raptors with uh, Sean Woodley this past uh, Wednesday or Tuesday. I can't remember. So you can check me out there. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is an exciting time to be a Raptors fan. And uh, I'm glad you guys can join us for the ride.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you next week, guys.
1: Later. And that's a wrap.
0: Sorry for being mean, Carmelo. You've had enough this week. <laughs>